Multiverse Webslingers, and welcome to the Ultimate Photoman podcast. Every week I'll read one issue of four different comics, maybe more than that, including the Ultimate series, and share my thoughts with you as a non-comic reader. This week's comic books are The Amazing Spider-Man, issue one, published in 1963. Marvel Spotlight on Spider-Woman, issue 32, 1971. Spider-Woman, issue one, 1978. Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man issue 1, 2011. That's now in the next episode. Edge of the Spider-Verse issue 2, 2014. Gwen Stacy, Spider-Woman is the subtitle of that one. Spider-Gwen issue 1, 2015. Before we get into the stories, I wanted to share with you how I made this decision. I was trying to decide if I wanted to include more modern comics in the inspiration for photos I take as part of my main blog. Uh, about The Amazing Spider-Man. I was reluctant at first as the whole thing was inspired by Peter Parker and his camera. However, the more I read about the differences, the more confused I got. I got positively dizzy and sick, lost two nights sleep due to my inability to switch off my brain, which was busy trying to process all this new information. I was stuck falling deeper into the Marvel Universe and all its alternative forms. My newly found photo man senses, did I tell you that I got bitten by a radioactive camera spider? The camera's lens is radioactive, not necessarily the spider. Not to mention what affects the mercury battery that expired in the 1970s and all the negative development chemicals have had on me. Well, these new super abilities did also keep me awake. Just the other night I had finally dozed off around 3am when I had a dream about a hand. It reached forward to grab at something unseen. In my dream that hand was the focus. Suddenly it mutated in something monstrously blue and positively non-human. I heard running footsteps and then lurching ones. And at that moment, I sat up wide awake, realizing those sounds were not in my dream, but were outside. I awoke in time to witness the victim of a crime limping in chase after his assailants, shouting at them to go away, I paraphrase. I believe he was injured, but nothing serious. Well, I do not want to go into the details of his personal life here. Let's just say my own transformation into superhuman has begun. (laughs) Back to my confusion at what to do and which comics to read, which was nowhere near as resolved as my belief in Photoman. So I sat down and decided to watch Into the Spider-Verse. Wow. Okay. I loved it. It cleared up a lot of things for me and helped me to refocus my mind. I knew that I wanted to experience the classics of Peter Parker and Spider-Woman, alongside the modern Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen, aka Gwen Stacy, stories. I did finally look at the Spider-Verse comics too, but for now I won't read them and will focus on the four characters and their main original books. The idea here is to compare each with the other and hopefully discover something. Well, here goes. The original Spider-Woman Origin, (laughs) that's hard to read. The original Spider-Woman origin is very different to that of Peter Parker's. It was a little unusual, very Dr. Monroe, but enjoyable. The beginning with her attacking Nick Fury was also surprising for a newbie like me. Spider-Woman was working for the bad guys for Hydra. It's cool that she's European, far too many American supers, and all the action seemed to take place in France, in the Alps and on the Mediterranean shores. I've heard of a British Spider-Man, but not looked into it much. I enjoyed the story a lot more than the first appearance of Spider-Man in Amazing Fantasy issue 15. 
a lot more action and more of what you'd, or at least I'd expect from a comic. My friend, a furry, loved it too, with its half-human, half-animal hybrids. I'm going to read Spider-Woman issue one next. Let's see if they stick with the original origins or shake things up. I'm guessing having uncovered her past, she will now become a bit of a rogue soldier before working for S.H.I.E.L.D. S-H-I-E-L-D. I know that definitely happens later in her story. The problem with reading comics that are almost 50 years old, most of the bigger details have been spoiled by newer comics, films, video games, and fans the world over. I recently watched the animated cartoon, only the first episode, as sadly isn't available here. I now remember I used to watch it as a kid. In that series, she was made very much the female Peter Parker, albeit slightly different in how she got her powers and who she works for, those differences being magazine journalist and anti-venom solution injection. I think she was American too, but vaguely recall something about England mentioned. The first episode was brilliant, and I would have liked to watch it and the Spider-Man cartoons from my childhood too. Even the earlier ones, hopefully that will be possible in the future. In the first episode, she meets and saves-ish Spider-Man himself and fights off alien mummies who attack a very romanticised London with an oddly Germanic filter. I did love the giant flying pink pyramids, LGTBQ plus pride. Did I say that right? (laughs) If only they weren't the ships of the devious mummies who wanted to convert all humans into their mummified slaves. Mm. Before we get back to the comic, I also recently watched Captain Marvel. I am re-watching and watching as much of the Marvel Universe films and series as I can. Maybe a new obsession, but it's to try to help me sound like I know what I'm talking about. I don't. Not yet. Well, the whole misguided super unknowingly working for the bad guys thing, it's the same story. I enjoyed the film, and I watched Iron Man, The Amazing Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, 2015, also. I haven't seen all that many Marvel films in all honesty. I saw the final two Avengers and the three Spider-Man movies from the 1990s. I also saw the first Thor and didn't like it. Ragnarok I loved. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. And maybe the first Captain America. Thing is, aside from Guardians and Spidey, 20 years ago, I didn't really pay attention to these movies. Chatting with family, eating, playing games with my friends, and so on. I saw an infographic two years ago which explained how to watch everything in order, the TV series and the films. I jokingly said to my partner we should do it. Maybe we will. Oh, I also saw the earlier X-Men as this was another cartoon I loved as a kid. I guess I probably watched all the older animations. Not sure about the 60s and 70s or 90s, but definitely those from the 80s. Transformers, Spider-Man, Thundercats, He-Man and She-Ra. We are watching the new one now and I love it. I've never had a problem with male and female role models. Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Care Bears, Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, Dungeons and Dragons, Captain Planet, and so much more. We were raised on pop culture movies too. Again, Ghostbusters, Jurassic Park, Robocop, Terminator, Star Wars, Back to the Future. There must be a ton I forgot. It isn't surprising my brothers are geeky. The middle one loves his movies, especially Star Wars, and the younger loves most pop culture, but especially animation and superheroes. Until now, my geekdom paled, even compared to my father and his love for sci-fi. I do love time travel, paradoxes, alternative universes, histories, ghosts, and supernatural stuff. Typical sci-fi and horror. Superheroes, though, were always a bit regular and vanilla to me, at least in our house. 
Now my memory's working. Of course, the original Superman films, Batmans of the 90s. I recently watched The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger's Joker. Brilliant. Sad. Well, let's just say that if I'm not currently taking photos, reading spider comics, then I am watching something superhero related. I'm going to watch my super ex-girlfriend rewatch for the fourth time Megamind and would die to see Brightburn again. That was my favourite film of all time. Evil Superman? Hell yeah. I should watch DC stuff and maybe read their comics? Uh, I don't know. Is there a whole Marvel vs DC fandom out there? Okay, so comics. Marvel, Spider, comics. On to issue one. Poor Jessica Drew. She ain't that happy or lucky. Stealing food to survive but won't willingly commit crime. Fighting bad guys, rejected, unable to find work. Pursued by a man she may or may not know. Similar, I guess, to Peter Parker, where he needs to find work to support himself and Aunt May. There are several references to other Marvel comic issues, which I guess fill in more details, and S.H.I.E.L.D. and Fury are mentioned too, unsurprisingly, I guess. The Cockney accent is awful. I wish they hadn't bothered. Maybe it felt quaintly British to American readers in the 70s. I didn't enjoy this one as much. I guess it was an Origins update, and at first I thought it was going to move in line with the cartoon. But rather, it updated and filled in the gaps, both past and present. The inclusion of radiation as cause of sickness and need for her to be saved as a child. The loss of her parents. Her mother died of grief and her father abandoned her to essentially a mad scientist. I thought she had been created from a mix of spider and human DNA. Well, she did start out fully human and now she is shunned for being seemingly different. So our poor Jessica struggles with being accepted and then is uncomfortably pursued by the man who needs to love her quote you oh oh and worse he demasks her okay i think he is her father but right now that sounds very outdated a man forcing his desires on a woman and the change in appearance she felt she had to do was a bit silly too but then no sillier than clark kent i guess and she only did it because the guy ripped her mask off in the first place at the end, she does help fight bad guys and cure the now-injured man, proving she is a hero and not a zero. Here's hoping issue two matches the prequel. Side note, what the heck is the big robot lab thingy? I think Batman Ninja put me off those for life. Giant robot buildings. Utter madness. How in the heck did all those Gotham criminals build robots, let alone find resources and materials in ancient Japan, mind you? I guess 70s Europe would be an easier place to do that, but still. Is this the Marvel Universe? Is this what I've let myself in for? Hmm. So I keep saying Spider-Ghost. It's quite easy. Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen. So I keep saying it wrong. It is Ghost Spider. I've also recently learned about Iron Spider. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, I've also recently learned about Iron Spider. Yeah, so I keep saying Spider-Ghost, but it's Ghost Spider. And I'll try to correct that from now. Well... Let's start with Spider-Gwen, issue one. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I shouldn't be so surprised. I gotta read a different comic for Gwen Stacy's origin story. This one is literally starting mid-story. Okay, Google, to the rescue. So, here goes, Edge of the Spider-Verse, 2014. Very cool, good story, nice crossover with the original Peter Parker ones. Peter Parker dies in this timeline universe too? My poor Peter, sad, sad. And to top it all, Spider-Gwen is blamed for his murder, when it seems he was simply trying to be like her. 
I feel that there's still some details missing here. Okay, I was so confused about why George, George Stacy? Okay, I was so confused about why George Stacy was so important to the bad guys. Again, maybe I still missed an issue of something. However, this is supposed to be Spider-Gwen's first appearance. Later on in the comic, it becomes clear that he is a detective, possibly a senior figure at the police. Well, it makes sense now. I love the fact that Gwen Stacy is just trying to figure out what she wants in life, and it seems very relevant now that she is suffering from being hounded by overreacting police officers, tracking her down as she is wanted for Peter's murder. Did she kill him, or was it just an accident? Wait, I should clarify that. Spider-Woman, aka Spider-Gwen, is wanted for his murder. It's interesting to see the subtle reference to Iron Man through Stark Industries advert and really made me chuckle that Jameson is angry at Spider-Woman speaking kindly about Peter Parker. No idea if he knew him in this reality. The similarities between Gwen and Jessica are also cool. Her father's trying to arrest her, but much better that she chooses to demask herself and reveal her identity to her father. She does say at some point that she needs to be loved or wants to be loved too. Uh, I don't quite remember what happened now. Okay. So she's knocked out this one big grey dude who's after her and her father. Uh, let's jump back to issue one and find out what happens with the other guy and the vulture. Okay, so Spider-Gwen is trying to convince everyone she's no bad guy or bad gal. Just like the original Spider-Man and Spider-Woman. There are a few panels where she returns a cash register and asks for a reward. Uh, she doesn't currently have enough cash for food. Clever. The other guy was the bodega bandit and her father is the police captain. Nice, nice. Okay. He claims that she saved him, which she did, to help clear her name. Again, that is her as Spider-Gwen and not her secret identity, which apparently is exposed at some future time. She tries to lure the Vulture in for a fight on her father's advice to show that she is a hero. She graffitis, is that a verb, the city to piss him off and cause his comic of choice terrible. In an earlier panel, they show that his messy apartment in which he looks at the said terrible comic, Mr. Z. From what I can find, that was a DC comic, a Superman villain. A little dig at your rivals there, Marvel? <laughs> the comic ends as the fight begins with Stacy's life in danger. Brilliant comic. Loved it. The similarities and cross-references, not the right word, uh, between the three heroes' beginnings and the first stories is too good. Maybe I'm gushing a little, but it really makes reading them together all the more fun, and I bet confusing in a few weeks ahead. I'm loving the more modern versions of the stories with a more inclusive list of characters. Here's hoping for a wider array of spider people in future. Actually, another thing I found out this past weekend, Pride weekend, was that the first appearance of a gay character or openly gay character, the first mention of homosexuality, of not being heterosexual, in a Marvel comic was back in 1992. I forget the guy's name. I'll show you a thing I found. See the blog and video for images of Northstar and of my Iron Spider figurine. I think I'm going to leave it here for this episode. I wanted to get this posted this morning, and now I'm seeing a huge list of comics I may need to read before jumping into the Miles Morales and Ultimate Spider-Man series. I also waited all morning for my mic filter and don't have time to read anything more today. I will post a part two later this week. To be continued. <laughs>